Welcome to what? But if the number of things I thought about saying during that whole twenty three seconds um, would fill the entire hour. None of them were good enough. And it was like, it's kind of like writer's block or something like that. I I got nothing. I got nothing. Bruce yeah, block. probably because this is just a little tease about our topic today. I didn't, you know, there might've been some ritual I didn't do. Some sort of thing. Should have, you know, yeah. uh, got me off my game. So stay tuned for that. Uh, real quick. Who are we? I'm Philip Shane, a documentary filmmaker. Matt, who are you? Uh, I am Matt Stanley. I'm a professor at NYU, at least until they uh, start observing my classes again. <laughs> and, then, and then we'll see how that goes. Um, and you are a historian of science. Is that correct? That is yes. Correct. Yes. Yes. And in fact, just a quick shout out to uh, Gallatin, because this is interesting. You're, you're in this, uh, it's an interesting place where sort of cross interdisciplinary is that how you would describe it, it is the gallatin school of individualized study where students make their own uh concentrations and majors uh, often of an interdisciplinary character um so if there's something you want to study but uh you can't find a department that'll let, let you do it come join us <laughs> that's great yeah it is really cool it's a cool place uh and gabby who are you I am a uh, collection of atoms that uh, <laughs> yes. is generally yes. working towards its PhD in virology. Well done. Well done. At uh, Rockefeller University. Yes, the Rockefeller University. Yeah. Oh, an amazing place. Um, and today, we're throwing out all rationality. If, let's just, we'll just jump right in. Uh, we're, we're investigating something. Well, first of all, what do uh, Gabby... What do we do on this show? What is someone who's just jumped in? What are they going to find? Yeah, so we sort of take one if about the universe, our the if for the day, uh, and sort of explore that and watch how that changes reality. Um, so it can be something like, you know, what if we didn't have feet? Or what if the oceans all disappeared? Um, and we have to try to figure out, well, you know, what's life going to look like? And what would that cause? And essentially usually wind up destroying the universe in some fashion uh, from some very small tweak. That's right. Even if we didn't have feet, probably the universe would still end up collapsing. Um, that's a good one, though. I'm going to write it down. <laughs> it didn't have feet. And uh, in honor of um, the impending holiday of Hall Halloween, um, we have, uh, uh, Gabby, you had a very interesting if that you bring uh to the table this week and uh what what before we mention exactly what it is um what got you thinking about this what was so scary about this well i feel like halloween is definitely in addition to just being a time of like you know fun costumes and candy and stuff like that there are a lot of you know like superstitions that people have about it and uh things you should or shouldn't do or things that, you know, I guess in the ambiance of Halloween, you might be more likely to come across, like, you know, black cats crossing your path and stuff like that. Indeed, indeed. Um, and so 
the if this week gets spooky, gets get into a spooky mood. What the if? Superstitions were scientific, scientifically proven. Say, what if you have to? <laughs> we're stuck in a loop. What the if? Wow. That was total user error. I don't blame anybody for that, um, except myself. Um, but you know, knock on wood, <laughs> had I knocked on wood, perhaps that wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. So of the superstitions that we, we, we thought about this week, uh, the one Gabby, you mentioned, you said, uh, we're, we're going to investigate. We're going to put, we're going to put hard nosed. I don't, where does that come from? Hard nosed. Is that like a Tycho Brahe joke or something? Is uh, I doubt it. I don't know. We could probably <laughs> look that up at some point. We're going to put hard no hard nosed. Uh, I don't even know the rest of the expression today. Uh, put our nose to the grindstone. There we, uh, go. there we go. And um, find out how knock on wood would actually what what real world known scientifically proven or at least confirmed to the best of our ability uh, mechanism would be going on where you would knock on wood and this would have some genuine effect. So what what exactly, actually, I, I'm just realizing it's a little bit even, I'm a little bit vague on, what is it, you say knock on wood, that's like just say give me good luck or so what's the situation where this yeah, comes not up quite right? oh okay Go i ahead. think people usually say knock on wood when they say something particularly hopeful right i right. hope the six train gets here on time right. um and then uh the and then you say knock on wood um because there's an unspoken implication that if you say something good then it won't happen All right so the superstition is that when you say something um, the universe will screw you over by making sure it doesn't happen. You may have also heard people say, I don't want to jinx myself. Knocking ah, yeah, on wood yeah, is a way to unjinx yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, it's kind of a, if I may say, a prophylactic superstition. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like the lactate mm -hmm. of bad luck. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a good way to think about it. <laughs> cool. Well, what does that mean? The lactate. <laughs> You never, never lactate for people who are lactose intolerant. Well, yeah, I know that. I know. So, yeah, you drink. So, you mean that? But, but it's sort of like that would be like drinking lactate just to make sure. No, it's before. Yeah, before a meal, you know, you're gonna have a cheeseburger, so you eat some lactate. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Wanna, okay, yeah. I see. Yeah. All right, all right, <laughs> got it. See, I've already learned something, and this is that actually sounds like real. <clears throat> that's real world stuff. So, I, we need that's to separate that. I could try <laughs> that at home. Uh, anything not... that helps you eat cheeseburgers is well worth it. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. By the way, I've started getting the Beyond Burgers. Have you tried those? Yep. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. They're fine. pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like the super, super juiciest thing in the world, but you, you would never know it wasn't a, a hamburger. So, a lot of science went out. into that. I'll bet. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, oh, yeah. Maybe we'll do something about that also by the way one of our most popular episodes uh for those of you who are listening if you you're curious about the rest other episodes that we have just real quick 
on your podcast app there, you can scroll down and see earlier episodes, or you can go to whattheif.com uh, and find all our episodes. And we, we did one, Matt, uh, some time ago on uh, vegetarianism. Oh, um, uh, yeah, that's right. I uh, forgot about and that, that remains actually a real popular mm-hmm. episode. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, so knock on wood, knock on wood. Uh, what's the situation, Gabby, where you've been in and you felt the urge to knock on wood? or even say knock on wood? Oh, very recently. I think it was something where I was talking about, like I, I wanted something to come in on time. And um, cause I, I'm, uh, my work is essentially kind of really slowed down until I get this one thing in the mail. And so I was like, knock on wood, it, it, like, it's like, oh, I hope it'll come in by the end of this day. And then of course, you know, knocked on one of the cabinets. Cause I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know if it actually will. And it did, so huzzah. So you actually, <laughs> and you actually do that, you actually did knock on wood. Yeah, I do generally look for something to knock. I mean, I won't go super out of my way, um, but I will look for something. Or if not, just knock on something and say, knock on wood. But I do actually go the extra mile. I don't just generally say, knock on wood and don't do anything. I do actually hit something. (laughs) That's that's awesome. And does it it bother you? Do you feel any guilt from the science side of you or... I I don't. I mean, I think I've mentioned this before. I do tend to be like a little like superstitious. I mean, if I don't do a thing, I don't feel a particular compulsion. Like I have to, like, if I didn't say knock on wood, I wouldn't feel like, oh my God, everything's going to fall apart. That package is going to be delayed for two months. No, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like that, but I, it's not going to stop me from doing it. It can't hurt. That's the funny thing about superstitions. Usually I think maybe, yeah, it can't hurt. Mm -hmm. Can't hurt. Um, Although in certain cases you might knock on wood and you hit the wrong, you tap the wrong loose you know, beam and your house falls down. I mean, I could, I don't, I could have then, but that would probably be because you broke a mirror and you had seven years of bad luck. Um, Matt, have any scientists, uh, famous scientists mm-hmm. had superstitions that we know about? There is a famous superstition about a scientist, um, uh, Wolfgang Pauli, and one of the pioneers of, of quantum mechanics. Um, and uh, a famous um, theorist that is um, that worked out the theory of advanced quantum mechanics. Um, he had the reputation for being able to ruin any experiment just by being <laughs> near it. Um, like people would forbid him from being in the same building uh, when they were working on a particularly delicate experiment. Um, and he accepted this. Um, so he would, you know, he would uh, access, um, uh, accede to people's requests and such. Uh, and there's one story that's, um, uh, I say that as the stories go, the the ways the experiment would get ruined would be particularly bizarre and outrageous uh, kinds of things going wrong. Um, so once this happened to, I think it was um, Enrico Fermi's lab in Chicago, uh, and he was talking to Polly and saying, um, you know, we our experiment got ruined in the way that usually gets ruined when you're around, but you weren't in Chicago that day. So what was going on? And Polly said, well, what time of day was it? Uh, and, you know, he says, you know, two in the afternoon. And Polly says, well, actually, I was on a train going through Chicago about two o'clock. You know? Wow. And everybody's like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I like so that he's... what is sometimes... That he's an area what is of effect damage. The Polly effect. Yeah, serious, right? A whole citywide area of effect on that. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, that's like the, Schwar- the Schwarzschild radius, which is the, you know, the... The, mm-hmm. the the with the uh, or anyway it's like the event horizon of a black hole is the, the what was the uh, event horizon of Pauli's 
experiment damaging uh, field. Um, I also like, uh, this is a little bit more real world, real, uh, but like the expression of reality distortion field. Like it said that Steve Jobs had a reality distortion field that he could make, you know, if you were around him, uh, you know, somebody's very charismatic, very convincing, he could make you believe or get you to do something that in retrospect, you were like, that was totally insane. That was not doable. Um, cool. So knock on wood. Um, what would be, let's imagine now this, this works. And what I love about this is this is actually a good one. This is a good thought. This is a thought experiment, by the way, that's another way of saying what we do here. And so the thought experiment is what if knocking on wood actually had the effect that we tend to think of it having. And what I like about this is it is a little, it's a little bit like that Pauli. Um, it's that the Pauli thing is sort of bad luck, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. what's interesting here is it's bad luck. It's not an exact thing. So it's, it is um, a subtle thing that for science to have to investigate here, knocking on wood keeps bad things from happening. Is that, would that be a way? How do we, how do you begin? Um, you, you've, uh, you've won the grant uh, from the, uh, what foundation would give a grant for this? I don't, you know, from the. Uh, um, um, that's a good question. Well, let's say it's the National Science Foundation. Okay. All right. Yeah. Go big, go big or yeah. go home. <laughs> mm -hmm. NSF grant to investigate why, not weather, because it, it, in this world, in our thought experiment world, it's, it's known that knocking on wood is important to do. So that'll be fun, actually, when we go forward and we imagine a world in which this is true. But we're going to investigate it. Um, how do we, Matt or Gabby, how do we begin this thing? And this helps us actually understand another reason why we do these thought experiments and we have fun like this, not just because it's Halloween, it's trick, trick or treat. We get both a trick and a treat. So the trick is that what if, uh, the what the if here, what if knocking on wood actually prevented you from prevented bad things from happening but the treat is you're going to learn a little bit of real science and that or or about science about scientists of the world of science so the scientific method using the scientific method how would we begin this study to figure out um this uh, effect i feel like you have to first confirm even though we're saying this works in the world 100 uh, percent, but you want to yep. probably make sure that this is not a case of sort of like recall bias um, so say that, you know, this is knocking on wood is firmly ingrained in whatever society this is. Um, so, uh, you know, ours dialed up to 11 where everybody does this. Um, and, you know, if someone says, oh, I, I didn't knock on wood, that's why this bad thing happened. A bad thing could still happen and you could still knock on wood, but you might not notice that. You might, you might only be connecting it to the one time that you didn't. So there probably would have to be some sort of study to actually confirm um, you know, is this link correct between what people are seeing and what they're saying? That's right. Because uh, people are, you know, notoriously unreliable. It, it's possible, in fact, as we investigate this, and we don't know, but I imagine one po possibility is that there is some conservation of luck that has to happen, like uh, like conservation of energy, so that mm -hmm. a bad thing doesn't happen to you. But in fact, what happens is when you knock on wood, a bad thing happens to somebody else. Just <laughs> to maintain redirected. the balance. Yeah. Yeah, but we don't know. We don't know. So we're beginning. Matt, how do we, so so you're, you, you've you now, let's say you're purchasing the equipment that you need if it, if this involves equipment, what, what do you do? 
Yeah, I'm not sure the the equipment's the issue, but the, rather the, the tricky part is designing an experiment that's actually testing what you think it's testing, right? As Gabby uh -huh. was saying, what we're, what we're really trying to figure out is whether we're fooling ourselves um, by making these connections. So um, I think one of the important features of the knock on wood, and this is often the case for a lot of um, superstitions, is that it's not that just knocking on wood gives you good luck because you can't just walk around all day knocking on wood and think good things will happen to you. Right. Rather, it's that if you express a desire of how things should be, then you have to do the prophylactic superstition to prevent bad things happening because you want something good to happen. <laughs> Does that Whoa. make sense? So yeah. implicit in the superstition is that because you say something good or nice, something bad will happen because of it. Right. right. Um, and this, I said, this is a, a, a widespread thing. So for instance, in, in some Mediterranean cultures, if you see a baby or a child, you never say anything nice about them. Because if you do, then something bad will happen to the child. So <laughs> in certain cultures, if the first time you meet a baby, you spit on them. No. Um, no. Because if you say, oh, what a beautiful baby, then something bad will happen to the baby. So you have to show your disgust for the baby. Um, so there's this. Wait, this is real. This is real. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm not familiar with that. So, that's so there's uh, so there's this uh, uh, there's an assumption built into the superstition that the universe has this kind of, I don't know, anti-balance thing where if you want something good to happen, something bad will happen instead. Um, so I think we would actually need to start the experiment with that. So. Yeah. We get some people and we stick them in a room and we have them say good things they want to have happen. Like they want their package to show up by the end of the day. Right. Um, and we have a we have people who so we get 20 people who all order the same thing from Amazon. Um, let's say a, uh, a, a, a new pillow. Right. Um, and then uh, we take half of the people and hang on a sec here. Sorry. That's, uh, that's uh, we the, take, pi the pillow guy calling. <laughs> yeah, pillows, uh, we, yeah. take, we take half the people um, and put them in a room and have them say over and over again, I hope my pillow gets here by bedtime. Um, and half the people sit in an identical room and say nothing uh, and see whose pillows get there first. Um, and if we're right that the universe has this baked in assumption, then the people who say, um, I hope my pillow gets here will actually have their pillows get there later on average, right? I'm assuming there's some kind of statistical effect here, right? Um, so I think that's got to be our first step. Right. And yeah, you would repeat that a lot of times. Um, and inter interestingly, the whole nother topic, but for instance, in quantum mechanics, this is the kind of thing that they test. Uh, it's statistical, they, a big part of it, right? They have to test a you know, I don't know, trillions of uh, photons doing a particular thing or whatever. Um, to try to see that, wow, it really is just a little bit more likely beyond chance that this particular thing does happen. So this is X is a real effect. Um, so uh, also, by the way, I, I just want to let people know that this, this, uh, it, it was exciting when uh, we won this grant from the NSF to investigate knocking on wood because uh, we had to sort of regroup after our first uh, application was rejected and that w that involved gathering, you know, hundreds of babies just to start and spitting on them, and you know, mm -hmm. and then waiting their whole life. To it was, was it's it just the scale. On. We just we didn't. We were ambitious. We were ambitious. 
Um, so, Gabby, how do we now? We're going to investigate this. Knock on, knocking on wood. So, what? Uh, how, what are we going to have to do? How are we going to yeah. do this? Do we need to recruit people? Do, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like Matt said, there is a process of recruiting people, and I should note that you know the way Matt set this up is is pretty good because you know first that group does not knock on wood at all. There's no wood involved in the first group that's being tested. It uh -huh. is a group that is essentially jinxing themselves, if that's real, and a group that right. is not jinxing themselves. And so then you prove that there is a statistically significant difference between those who jinx themselves, essentially that they screw themselves over and they get their pillows later, and the group that does not jinx themselves and their pillows get there by the end of the day, by and large. Then you institute the knock on wood group. So you still have your, you know, positive control, the, the ones that jinx themselves. You have your negative control, the ones that don't jinx themselves. And then you have your experimental group that you add in later, the one that they knock on wood. And you run those experiments, essentially that group, at the same time. So you can't just add in the knock on wood later. You run them with another group all kind of at the same time to make sure that, oh, well, maybe, you know, this experimental group, they all got there faster because, you know, they, you for the first test you were doing it in winter and so the roads were icy and stuff like, like you know, you want to rule out any as many environmental, you know, question marks as possible. Um, so then, you know, you've got this experiment with your three groups and what you should see if it works out that knocking on wood is actually, you know, a prophylactic against jinxing yourself is that the group that jinxes themselves, their pillows come later. The group that doesn't jinx themselves, their pillows come on time. And then the group that knocks on wood, their pillows also come on time. Yes. So here's it, there's there's an ethical question here that would come up. Not as severe as spitting on the babies. But <laughs> um but but actually maybe, maybe in that um right now we're limiting to to the uh, to whether your pillow arrives or not. But there also isn't there a possibility or maybe we could up the stakes of this experiment. And really what we're asking is uh, for people to intentionally, they're going to endure bad, something bad is going to happen to them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's, I guess that's why they get paid the 10 bucks an hour or whatever measly thing these, and they're students, right? They're grad students. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're undergraduates who have to do it as part of a course requirement. Right. <laughs> or they sort of get you on the center of campus from like the psych, study they set up a tent at least that's my experience yeah okay yeah mm -hmm. yeah 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 free pizza right mm -hmm. right um and just to clarify are we saying that the knock on wood thing is something based around a very specific thing like i want my pillow to arrive i guess we are because gabby what you were saying in your initial thing was that x will happen knock on wood yeah so mm -hmm. it's a very it's a specific order to the universe a specific you filed a very specific request to the universe. Yeah, I can't so, just state a fact like today is Thursday and then knock on wood. No, today is Thursday. I have to right. state something that I'm hoping for. And then it's like, oh, you know, I hope I have the time to go grab coffee today. Knock on wood right. or something like that. Now, or I hope this I think, experiment worked. That's right. And, and I feel like though we, we do need to, well, just tweak this experiment a little bit because I feel like the pillow arriving, it still involves a lot of things uh, there's a lot of variables in there. Um, and it, it, yeah, you could do this enough times that eventually you say, well, there's just, even so, there's no way that uh, all the variabilities in terms of the speed of the truck, the traffic, the, whatever. Um, but there are things like, um, what's something you might knock on wood that sort of just might happen or might not happen 
without yes. any other things. So I wonder if we can sort of incorporate the RNG gods here. Um, huh? So the random number generator gods, you hear a huh? lot of people, you joke <laughs> about stuff like that when you're um, playing a game, like, oh, I hope the RNG gods like me today. Um, because uh -huh. there is sometimes chances in things like games of a random thing happening. Yeah. Um, so say we give these people some sort of game that impartially depends on a random event. So essentially that this is purely random. And they're saying, I hope I roll a six or something like that. Like, knock on wood. And then we can test whether or not, you know, they actually get the thing that they were hoping for more often than groups that, you know, don't, you yeah. know, knock on wood. And I think it's kind of neat to, to mention it this way because that's kind of how superstitions start is this sort of random reinforcement that you might be hoping for something every time, like perfect personal example. If you've ever played Pokemon, especially like as a kid, when you were like trying to catch the Pokemon, like every kid had their own superstition about what button you pressed as like that ball was like wiggling back and forth in order to catch the Pokemon. Of course, this is actually a random number generated process. It's going to happen X percentage of the time. You may have already done things to make it easier to catch that Pokemon, but absolutely you're going to spam the A button a trillion times because that's going to make you feel better that you're going to catch this Pokemon. That is awesome. It reminds me once, uh, Steve Jobs once when was, uh, this was like a funny thing, a weird little aside. He, he sort of said at one point during one of his, you know, great famous presentations of something, he was talking about iTunes and the, the, uh, where, you know, iTunes had a feature where you could uh, play, just play random tracks. It would just choose a random song from your library, play it, and then choose another one randomly and so forth and so forth and so forth. And then he said, well, we've, we've, we've now improved this or, or basically we've updated this because people were complaining about the choices that were made and they wanted to be able to tweak it so that it didn't, you know, the, whatever song came up next wasn't, for whatever reason, too too incongruous to the one that was playing whatever he says so we we've adapted this and then he, and he just sort of ended this and moved on by saying like so congratulations your random the random button is now less random mm -hmm. yeah because if i remember correctly, <laughs> it was bothering people that they could hear the same song by like same a different song by the same yeah. artist multiple times in a row so it yeah. seems like that's not random but in fact it is and so they actually had to tweak it to deprioritize playing the same artist like right after another song that, that just played from theirs which i think is funny yeah. people are bad at determining true random yeah yeah i was uh mm -hmm. studying in a very informal way which is about as far as i can go with math but the riemann hypothesis at one point and that involves um involves looking at random numbers or uh and one of the things i learned from uh one of the books I was reading about it was that true randomness involves lots of plumping of things. They the author it might have been Barry Mazur or something was saying, you know, this is why that experience of like suddenly like no buses ever come and then three buses come in a row, right? While you're at the bus stop, is actually true randomness is clumpy and odd like that, and it often seems true randomness creates the experience of coincidences. Um, yeah. that generates, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah this sort of right. thing. So, um, so, uh, also I love, because <laughs> I must say that, you know, gambling, um, sports or, you know, games of all kinds, right. Involved in, like the amount of, um, if you brought a superstition meter, 
if somebody had somebody that could sort of a receiver that senses the level of superstition, superstitious acts that are being attempted, uh, boy, if you brought that to Las Vegas, you know, or something in a, a gambling hall, be off the charts. I remember once I was in, I guess it was Atlantic City, actually, and watching the, I love to watch the people play at the craps table. You know, it's just the dice game, but there's like mm. green carpet and there's all, all a million things going on at once. You can bet on all these different things, depending on what the role of the dice is. And there's always someone rolling the dice and, you know, and, and like in the movie, there's a ton of people surrounding them, cheering him on or her on because you may not even know this person, but whatever the dice turn out to be means you, you might win or lose. So mm. there was a guy rolling and he was on a hot streak and he was rolling and he had this bizarre ritual that he would do is he would grab the dice, shake them, blow on them, which is something a lot of people do. And then he would go, come on, little Joe, and roll it. <laughs> and he kept doing that until eventually, you know, and it was doing well. So eventually all the people around the table, including myself, were we were all going, come on, little Joe, whoever, <laughs> whoever little mm -hmm. Joe is, you know, that was the, the superstition. I um, feel like this is the perfect time for me to mention the pigeon please. superstition experiment because this the is pigeons. It's, yeah. It's in one of my like mental folders of just like fun science of just weird stuff. So much like gambling, essentially they had a bunch of pigeons and applied a positive stimulus randomly. So you can kind of think about it th like that as gambling. At a, some random point in time, it's going to, you wait, know, wait, hit a jackpot. I just have to ask, what does a pigeon consider a positive stimulus? Food. It's food. Okay, good. It's All always right. food. Good. If it, if it was <laughs> monkey, it'd be juice reward, you know, something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, so for pigeons, it was food. And right. so they sort of started tying whatever they were doing at the time to the food. And so they essentially developed superstitions where certain pigeons would run around in a circle until the food dropped or they would bob up and down. And these became very elaborate. They became, you know, very, you know, they would build on themselves. They would mutate, I guess you could say, like change over time. And then if I remember correctly, they actually taught other pigeons that when they introduced the second pigeon to the cage, they would pick up the same weird tick um, because that was just, you know, what essentially had been reinforced to do this until food drops, even though there was no actual, you know, you think of reinforcement of, you know, you tell your dog to sit, the dog sits, you give it a treat. This was reinforcing a random behavior. Uh, yeah. But, and it did essentially create, air quotes, superstitions um, in yeah. pigeons. Well, it's like a perfect explanation of the circus, it seems to me, that w the place where, yeah, we train our dog to sit. And in some ways you might actually think, well, I'm doing that because in my mind, sitting is, I don't know, it's better or it's keeping the dog calm and so forth like that. But in fact, it's just for the dog, having to sit before getting a treat is as random as having to break dance or something, right? So the circus is basically a, a place where, you know, with all the animal tricks that are being done, all these, these are all based on essentially super, as far as the animals are concerned, it's superstition that works. Yeah. If I sit um, one of these times, I get a treat. Cause that's the thing. You don't yeah. give your dog a treat every time they sit. So it's sort right. of a, one of these times I sit, I'm getting a treat. Right. And then there's even the net, you know, there is like, uh, in, in, a, I imagine for real in a circus, if they do the wrong thing, there's some negative thing. I don't know, you know, it's not just the food is taken away, but the trainer might yell at them or something. You know, bat, bat, right? And they oh, they don't want that. So that, yeah, it's training. So really, when we knock on wood, it's as if we've been, we might as well just be like these animals who have been trained to do some strange thing. Um, like the pigeon probably also thinking, 
this doesn't really make sense, but it can't hurt, right? I'll do a little dance and food shows up. I don't know. Why not? Right? Can't hurt. Um, so now what do you, how do you get, be, oh, here's the strange thing. The ex, here's what's funny. The animals, if they were running this study, it really would be a mystery, right? Why? Well, how does this work? And we know because we are in a higher dimension, so to speak, or at least we're much more aware of what's going on. We know, well, the real cause is intentionality of an overlord, right? And that's what, for us, these superstitions must be appealing to some higher force in some way. I mean, what possibly could it be that when you knock on... So what, what, what does the study begin to reveal about the mechanism? I guess that's what we come down to. What is it? Well, um, if we go with the origin of knock on wood, it actually right. is in some sense kind of a higher power. Um, so people believe that spirits resided in trees. So knocking on wood was invoking the protection of the spirit that lived in that tree. And so that's the um, origin of the okay. phrase and the superstition. Um, so if we are actually studying this, we might essentially be and, you know, we have the right instruments. We, we went to the Ghostbusters and we got some stuff and brought right. it back. Uh, yeah. We might be able to conclude, yes, there are some spirits in these trees and they're helping us out. All right. So if that's the case, then a logical thing to start testing is what substances um, knocking on will will give us this effect. Right? Yes. So, <laughs> so if we're sure that um, spirits live in trees, cool. So now let's try ferns. Um, and then rocks, uh, and, you know, badgers, if you can catch them. Um, <laughs> and are very brave. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, you know, there's a lot of different substances in the world. So this is experiment's going to take a long time because you got to try all the different plastics um, and sand and marshmallows. Um, and, you know, maybe we find that, in fact, only wood has spirits that would be a pretty cool thing to know um but then one kind of wood how big does the wood need to exactly be? Yeah. right so soft words woods versus hardwoods yeah um and hopefully we would get um some really specific knowledge and you know if it again it turns out to be just wood and a particular kind of wood does it matter how big the wood is so I'd like to think that at the, the end of all this experiment, we have an optimized piece of wood for knocking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it turns out that parallelograms six inches long made of zebra wood produce the best effects. That what or is it's zebra... just like... Go ahead. <laughs> what, is, what is zebra wood? Is it... Oh, it's this cool wood that has these kind of uh, stripes built into it. It has a nice smell to it, too. Oh, okay. Excellent. Gabby, you were good. Oh, I was going to say, too, you know, there are multiple different components to a piece of wood, I should say. So, right. like, it's not, might not necessarily oh, yeah. be type. Mm -hmm. It might be, you know, where is this piece that you've got located in the trunk of the tree? Maybe the bark doesn't really work because the bark's the outside. Like maybe you need, like, the inside of the tree, like, the core of it, and that's what's best for this. Yeah, what, what I love here is that in, in, in the sense that we are recapitulating the scientific method, uh, or scientific processes that, that happen in the real world, um, we are seeing certain things happening. In other words, Matt, you basically at some point jumped from the pure science, invest, perhaps theory investigation into what is the, you know, the mysterious mechanism or whatever, and, and you've gone into the more shut up and calculate mode of like, look, I don't know, but and you, you, you then 
you yeah. you, mm-hmm. you left this study and you formed a company that like thomas edison you know went to investigate all the possible material like i don't even know how it works who cares i am going to miniaturize this you know boy in the big can you believe we had to pound we had to go to real trees and knock on them for wood i you know and so matt stanley was the guy who you know formed um uh, micro wood and uh <laughs> the micro wood corp and you know just boiled it down to the, the little essence so that now everybody carries around um a little piece of that, right? Maybe, maybe you you eventually got it down to the uh, uh, the mat watch. Uh, it's called a mat, oh, by the way, and, and you know, in your honor, everyone says it's it's a mat, mm-hmm. um, a mat. This little, and because there's a fun pun there on mat. And so, anyway, yeah, you have a little little. Basically, it's like a little watch, and you tap it, and and there's some known amount of times. And eventually, you would, could you create here? here okay, here now we. I've just taken us back to a theoretical question because I've pushed it to the limit. Does the human does the quote observer or the does a person of consciousness need to be doing the tapping is that part mm-hmm. of it and if so why right because otherwise you could have like basically literally like a stop like a watch that just has a, some little hammer in there that's always going yeah to tap, i mean tap, that tap. seems like a totally plausible outcome of this yeah um is that it's actually not the person it's just the tapping motion um that summons the spirit so yeah, so you set up, I mean, I would set up whole factories yes. uh, full of thousands of machines that did nothing but tap on wood all day um, uh, and figure out how to channel that to this is awesome. the people like, who need it. Like the Gigafactory or something. Yeah, like uh, it's just so tap. Oh, no, but but okay. So the question is how you've also established in some way how far away from the ta- how disconnected from the tapping would you need to be? I mean, that's an interesting question. At what point does the effect end? Well, um, then you could just have overlapping centers, you know, to get that full coverage, much like Pauly passing like cell- to Chicago. You can, right. yeah, like cell towers, mm-hmm. you like can find towers. some overlap. And in fact, you know, this is very interesting because like, I just had an image now of these towers that are always tapping. Like, you know, in New York, you'd eventually, that's why people want to live in a place like New York. It's more convenient. You can just the ta- the tower does the tapping for you. You don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, have your uh, your chickens out there always, you know, tapping. Um, so uh, in that, um, does that mean that basically there would be a zone in which good things happen? Oh, but I just got an. Oh, sorry, I was going to mention the idea of the towers tapping and sort of just making this sound out that goes out throughout the city. That would be kind of bizarre. But it gave me an image. I've been, you know, in the Middle East, mm-hmm. for instance, or in Williamsburg here. Um, there are religions that kind of do this, right? I mean, I mean, it might be different things, and it's not as silly as being done just so your pillow arrives on time. But, or you know, there are calls to prayer from the minaret, um, or the uh, the Orthodox Jews down here in Williamsburg. There's a siren that goes off, you know, thirty minutes before sunset so that you have to complete whatever rituals you're going to do before the sabbath um so we'd have these towers everywhere doing this thing and they would be very beautiful i imagine we would really celebrate these things yeah there's a there's a trick um you can do in tibetan buddhism actually um in which you print a uh prayer um on a um piece of cloth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then string it up like a flag and every time it flaps in the wind that counts 
Um, oh, is that why you similarly, see, you see mm-hmm, like, those huge, those long things? Um, and similarly, yeah. prayer wheels. So yeah. you can print the prayer on a wheel, and then every time you spin the wheel, um, you get the effect of the prayer. So again, like in Tibet, you'll see these long rows, like hundreds of these that just down the street. And as you walk down the street, you just spin them yeah. as you go, and you get the credit. Um, so you get this kind of mechanization um, of spirituality. <laughs> I loved it. That, that, I like then, the industrial revolution of superstition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the idea that you now... These, yeah, it could be that, well, that we, we jump another five years forward in, in uh, Matt's um, industrial empire, and uh, you discovered that it's not just tapping wood, right? There are all these other things, some of which it's not even worth studying anymore. It can't hurt, and you've got more money than Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk combined, so you also have enormous, um, you know, like gigantic power plant size things full of just spinning wheels uh, and flapping, you know, and the power that generates wind that flaps the <laughs> the, the 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 luck flags, shall we say? Mm-hmm. And um, this this just goes on and on and on and on. But ultimately, it begs the question: if we we have to, keep, you know, the NSF comes back to you and they say, "Look, you've done very well <laughs> by your." studies but really the thing we wanted to know is what's what is the mechanism you haven't answered that is it a higher does it is there something happening in another dimension why is it that there's this correlation basic between uh things i wouldn't have to call it good luck anymore just be things that you want happening um and and is it that how consistent is it is it still just barely you know one tenth of one percent. What what is the significant digit that says how much better? So we'll start there. How, how, when you think of all this happening, my guess is it actually isn't like a hundred percent better. It's not like everything that happens is good uh, in the city where these all these superstition machines are running. Full stop is better, right? It's still probably barely noticeable. Um, so. Yeah. But something is happening, and the real theorists are going to push on that subtle effects. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I guess it, it might end up with some theological questions of um, uh, why the universe is put together in a spiteful kind of way. Um, <laughs> why does it make us do all this work? Yeah, why do we have yeah. to work so hard for good luck? Um, well, this Gabby, is still what, a world with tree spirits. Have, gotta emphasize that the the scientific reason mm-hmm. was there's spirits in these yes. trees, dude. Um, so I feel like that definitely uh, opens its way up to stuff. Inevitably, um, sure we might develop a way to always tap into that, but in typical human fashion, I wonder if there's a way we'll figure out how to amplify it. Like I don't know what, what's like the the I don't know superconductor tree form. Like you just strap a bunch of logs together and it makes like a super speed. Like, I, I don't know. Like we'd, we'd have to, we'd figure something out. Like I'm sure we would find some way to dial it up to 11. That seems all right. Yeah. This is the perfect sort of bringing it all the way to Halloween and ending is because what's happening, Matt, in your massive tapping and blowing, you know, your, your luck machines uh, that are everywhere now Um it, every single tap releases a spirit or some some something right so those the city is flooded also 
with these spirits. And so, you know, going by the rule of uh, whatever the unintended effects, I see, I don't know, incredibly good or incredibly bad things happening on the horizon. Sounds right. Once the level of spirits that have been liberated from their zebra wood uh, reaches some critical mass, right? What's well, going I don't think they get released, have... fortunately, according to the way oh, the old oh. superstition works. It's just that they, they do a thing for you. So this is oh, slightly they're, more so like they're grateful. Tree, oh, I don't yeah. know. It might be they're slightly more like tree spirit slavery. I don't really know how that would work. <laughs> Maybe we have to in some way uh, pay them back. We plant a lot more trees. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like there could come a reckoning if the tree spirits feel a little exploited. They might be like, hey, dude, That's come right. on. That's right. That's right. Yeah, rebellion. Yeah. 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 So that is what a Halloween, when you go out on Halloween, you could trick or treat. Um, if you get a treat... It's because the um, the industrial superstition complex is working properly. Um, all the uh, all the taps are tapping and the breezes are blowing, uh, and the cloths are blattering and the bells are ringing and the songs are being sung, and everything's working fine. But if you're given a trick, uh, then uh, something's gone awry, and you should probably run. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to imagine that when you see the Halloween parade marching, I wonder, are they even doing it this year again? They're doing the parade this they year. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. The, the, mm-hmm. the Halloween, if, if you ever get a chance to come to New York and go to uh, Greenwich Village and watch the Halloween parade, it is spectacular. It is our Mardi Gras. There's, um, so they're just imagine all the things happening there. It would be so much good luck, I think, you know, uh, coming down Fifth Avenue. So mm-hmm. uh, it's highly recommended. Um, well, thank you. Thank you. And thank you to the National Science Foundation for this grant. Um, I think it's it's just a good example. If you just let people go explore pure science, you never know. Or superstition. You never know what's going to happen. It's all good. Um, Gabby, you will be dressing up for Halloween. Uh, and you can t- tell people who, what you will be. And then are, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you'd like other people to do or dress as yeah well so i'm dressed as a jawa i made the costume myself i hand sewed the whole thing i actually don't know how to sew i taught myself for this and don't have a sewing machine so it was just me with like a show on uh and actually i i took it out yesterday for a halloween uh party and it looked really good like to a shocking extent um as far as plugging go have fun uh be safe get your shot if you haven't um I think that's my only, it's really my only plug. Yeah. Yeah. And get, if you qualify, you could get a booster. Yes. Yes. Get a booster if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, how about you? Are you go, do you dress up? Um, uh, No, typically I, I'm the guy who stays at home and hands out candy to the trick or treaters. Oh, that's nice. Um, Yeah. uh, But um, no trick or treating in our building this year. So um, we'll figure it out. Well, you'll be that guy who stayed home to hand out candy and nobody came. And then you ate all the candy mm-hmm. and uh, then you'd be that guy, which is me. Yeah, pretty much any any given weeknight. Uh, that's going to happen. So, um, yeah, well, everyone have a happy Halloween. I, I love Halloween. I think it's a crazy, it's a fun, goofy holiday. Um, and uh, now I, I'm going to feel a little bit better about it. Actually, I'm even just tapping on wood. You know, I might. I always feel guilty when I find the out of habit myself doing something like that. I say, no. In fact, I, 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 I can, my last statement on this thing is uh, the, um, 
I have found myself throughout my life, uh, and I can, I'll blame Carl Sagan on this, um, actually actively going against things that are said to bring you good luck just out of trying to prove to myself that it real, that's my way of fighting back. So I've walked under a million ladders, for instance, ah. um, and luckily mm -hmm. never been hit because I do see there's some practicality to, for instance, that superstition. <gasps> but uh, I step on every crack. Uh, yeah, I do all this stuff. So um, so far still here, but I'll, I'll let you know how that experiment turns out. Um, no grants, no grants given for that. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, send in your ideas and let us know, how did you celebrate Halloween? And are there any superstitions? What are the superstitions you follow or enjoy? Um, and maybe there's some even that you think, you know what, actually, like for instance, not walking under ladders. I mean, actually, here's some superstitions that, that are generally practical, can't hurt. It literally can't hurt. Like you're safer doing X. Mm -hmm. um, let us know what those are. And and I also, if any, I, I again, I'll put a, a call out to, um, we haven't had people sending this in, but I would love to see any of you who have any artistic abilities, somebody, even if you're terrible, a sketch of your image of anything that, that you imagined while, while listening to this, if in particular, the city with the giant industrial uh, uh, prayer wheels. This is, this just sounds super cool to me. Um, Whattheif.com is the website. We are on Twitter What at what the if show join us we have a lot of people there i'm always tweeting interesting science news and sometimes it starts little conversations back and forth other people share their ideas so uh find me there uh send me some stuff i'll retweet it for you and we have interesting conversations um and especially have a happy fun and safe halloween and we have a ritual we have a superstition here I hadn't even put it together till right now. Matt, would mm -hmm. you tell us what that is and would you lead us in this safety protocol? Sure. Well, as we uh, uh, realize the possible consequences of all of our actions, be it stepping on cracks or breaking mirrors or whatnot, uh, we become overwhelmed by the potential uh, future disasters we've brought on ourselves. And in order to ward off those consequences, uh, we uh, shout the name of the show. With great vigor and intensity. Take a deep breath, join us, and... What the Trick or treat, we'll see you next week. Knock on wood. <laughs>